welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hey, hey, I want to welcome you to another episode of the Halftime Mike Livecast, all right? And this week, I am thrilled to be joined by Tyler J. Anderson of Casual Fridays of San Francisco, San Diego, California. Yeah. Tyler, how you doing, yeah. man? I'm good, I'm good. Although I do, I love San Francisco. I would never uh, hesitate to have a second satellite office up there, but we are down here in sunny San Diego. Sunny San Diego, but you do get up to San Francisco on a, on a you know travel basis here. I mean, you got some work going on up there. Yeah, and actually, I can't officially announce it yet, but it's looking likely. And Mike, I'm going to recommend this to you as well as any of your audience who's listening to this um, live on Blabber on the podcast when it goes. Maybe keep the weekend of, I want to say it's October 17th. I think that's a Saturday. There might be something happening in San Francisco that you may want to go to. So just throwing that out there right now. But that, that might be the next time I'll be potentially going up to San Francisco. Right. So hope, hopefully we'll have an, a, full time, a full announcement here in the coming uh, days, I'd say. Full that. announcement, but save the date. Save the date. Good, good. All right, yes, we are doing a, a live cast. For, so for those uh, joining us by audio then, so this is live on Blab right now. And uh, today we want to dive into kind of the uh, business building in the digital age. And, and I'm going to use Casual Fridays as, as the model here and just a little bit more of your story. I mean, uh, so I'm going to let you introduce Casual Fridays. But just for me to talk about, you know, six years of growth. And then you've also had some more, I would say, explosive growth in a, in a two-year time period. So no. I, I want to let you dive into that uh, just for the audience as well. Casual Fridays. You know, social media management, diving into working with brands like Marriott International, uh, Jersey Mike Subs, Penske Automotive, uh, and more. They manage, consult on social media for brands nationwide. So Tyler's founder, CEO, and is a speaker, consultant uh, that uh, leads the firm there. So Tyler, you know, fill in some cracks for me there of um, Casual Fridays overall, and then let's dive a little bit more into the history. Well, you know, and, and I, I mean, obviously, I think the the topic here is obviously talking about just building the digital age. And of course, we are a social media or content marketing agency. And, and I know that there's a lot out there. So so some of the examples I'm going to speak to are maybe a little bit more skewed for that type of a business. But I think, you know, I'm, I'm no different than a lot of people in this space and a lot of people who, you know, probably around whether it's 2007, 8, 9, 10, you know, 11, 12, whatever year it was, someone said, hey, I want to I want to be a social media marketer. I want to go ahead and get some clients and help them out with this thing that nobody has a clue of what they're doing on it. You know, even Mike, like 10 minutes before you and I uh, got on this, I, I was feeling a call, like a new business call. Like I still take those. And um, there's still a, a huge thirst for people who don't know what they're doing in social media. Yeah. And so I was very similar to a lot of people. And in 2009, it was January of 2009. I'll never forget it. I, uh, I was working for a huge company called Clear Channel, which is now called iHeartMedia. And um, I was in management. I managed their top 40 radio station, but I'd always had been an early adapter to social media. Um, way back to when MySpace first started in 2003, I was all over that platform. And um, I was at, at iHeartMedia, or back then it was Clear Channel, and I had the opportunity to leave. And I, you know, they basically did a restructuring, and I could either keep my, I could keep my employment there. I just had to take a different job within the company outside yeah. of the business aspect. 
or I was eligible for nine months severance. And I said, I will take nine months severance and gladly go start a business. And so that's what I did. And I was very blessed that I had that severance package. I recognize that. I know a lot of people don't have that. And um, I, I, like a lot of people in this space, I was able to go grab about five clients and just start doing some consulting and helping them out with social media. And, um, you know, it was a mixed bag. You know, there were clients all over the board. It's really funny. I I look back on it. My first five clients were actually still working with, I want to say two or three of them, which is great to have six years retention is is pretty fantastic, I think. Absolutely. But uh, it was a really mixed bag of clients. And um, it was just myself. And, and that was really what casual Fridays was for the first year or so. And, um, you know, really then how we kind of grew is, you know, it just, it, 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 as much as I love social media and we talk about getting, you know, the word of mouth referrals and inbound marketing and all this other stuff, there's still such a huge value to the personal referral, like having people refer you out. Um, to me, there's no greater, you know, biz dev tool out there than someone saying, these guys do a phenomenal job for me. You guys should check them out. And that's really where most of our growth has happened, to be okay. honest with you. Okay. Word of mouth. We do get inbound leads. Don't get me wrong. And we grow clients through that. But the best ones have always been someone who is maybe exposed to us and and really just referred us out. And that's really how the, the, the growth has happened. You know, um, a lot of my initial clients were people who I knew in the radio days. So I had a built, built in trust with them. Okay. And then that's how it happened. I mean, that's how it happened with Penske back in the day when I started working with Penske in 2010. It was because I had worked with them from the from the radio side. Okay. And then but again, we did a great job in Southern California. Next thing they're recommending us, you know, to the, the Penske dealerships in Northern California or in Texas. And that's kind of how that happened. And then same thing with with um, the, the, the growth in the hospitality industry, you know, a big hotel group out here. We started working with them. And then again, they word of mouth. Next thing we start working with some in, in LA, then San Francisco. Next thing I know we jump over to the East coast and just kind of spread. So, um, that's kind of the, the agency, but you're, you're right, Mike, I'd say we went, let me put it this way. We went from a staff of like one or two in 2010, you know, uh, like I had my first employee, I'd say by 2012, we were maybe like four five, six people, something like that. And I really should know the the concrete number off the top of my head, and I don't. But I want to say we're like twenty three, twenty four, twenty five full time employees now. Okay. And then our, our part timers and contractors, it's probably like a team of like twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah, let's. That's that's what's awesome, I, I think, and that's that's really scaled, um, as you said. You know, last two to three years there, and uh, just I, I don't even know if you can name them all, but name some of the uh, cities that you're in now. Where, where well, this because so, this team is not all resident in San Diego, so let, yeah, let's just talk about that. I can name so the, the actual so the cities where we actually have full time employees who are, are working for us, they're not not contractors. Um, we have them, um, we have a team of three in Atlanta, we have a team of two in South Florida, the Miami area, we have one in New Orleans, one in Cleveland, and then one in San Bernardino, uh, California, which isn't too far north of, of San Diego, and then the rest of the team is headquartered here in San Diego. Okay, uh, so I'd say you know, but probably half of the staff or whatever it seems like when we do conference calls is uh is remote but then even even the ones in san diego i mean half the time they're not in the office they're they're out and about and that's just the the age of of doing business in this day and age i think you know people are they have the ability to work from home or they're you know even me mike i'm not at the office today i'm in my home right now uh and honestly even though I travel a lot, even when I'm in San Diego, very rarely am I in the office because I'm either out visiting clients or I'm, you know, doing other things or whether I'm doing this podcast and I have my podcasting equipment at my home office, 
um, just we're so connected and you can do work virtually anywhere, you know, which is great. Yep. Now, uh, speak to a little bit about what the FaceTime with clients looks like. Is that uh, a constant or do you get on some type of, you know, level there with them where there's just, I don't know if it's monthly or less than that, FaceTime and then the rest is uh, done digitally as well. How's that work? Well, you, you know, you bring up a great question there. And I think that's something that's getting lost in this day and age of doing business with people. Um, I, as much as I love the technology and the ability you have, I am still such a firm believer in the handshake and looking someone in the eye and actually spending some time with them. Um, you know, we, to me, conference calls, we, we're, we've all been a part of them. And yes, we still have a lot of our interaction with clients is on conference calls, but those conference calls are so much easier after you've met them in person for that first time. Yeah. Uh, it makes it a heck of a lot easier. Cause then you can say, Hey, how's the kids going? Oh, how's the weather out there today? You know? Um, Oh, you know, Hey, I saw that, you know, like how you just said to me, Oh, I saw that the chargers had a great win. You, know, you find out those things, what people are interested in when you have that quality face-to-face time. Mm-hmm. And that's, that makes those conference calls so much easier. Total sidebar, uh, I should totally get you this and you should put it in your show notes. But it, this video, um, my business partner, Bill, who you met, he posted this in one of our tools, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about tools today too. Uh, it was called like the conference call in real life. Have you seen this thing? It's a total spoof. And no, basically, I- guys show up into a... It's, it's, it's hilarious. They show up into an actual boardroom and they talk to each other like how you would on a conference call, okay. like the interruptions and like when people walk in the room, it gets like dings, like Bob here, you know, and he walks over. It's hilarious. Okay. No, I'll look forward to that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. But it's just such a, it's such a, um, it's so true though. Like going back to it, like, you know, it, it, we've all been on those conference calls with clients and they're just, let's just be honest. They don't flow as well. There's not the connection or the bond as there are when you actually meet that person in person or that person uh, in, when you meet that person in face or in person, I guess I can't talk today. Face to face interaction. Right. And so, you know, I think that is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to scale. It's something I'm not going to say is I would recommend hundred percent for everybody because it's even something that, I'm still trying to figure out how do I scale it and, and sustain it. But I do try to have that when we, when we get a client, we, we have what we call a discovery kickoff call. And even though it's called a call, we try to do it in person. And that's something we try to incorporate into our costs. We stress the importance of it to the client. We want to go out there and meet with them, um, actually do a full on discovery, learn about their business. You know, if they don't have a, um, a brand voice for social media, we go through like almost, it's like a mini workshop where we're putting on for these guys but they love it and they, they leave that day all excited. It's a couple hour, you know, it's a two to three hour event. They're energized, they're fired up. And, um, and, and after that too, you have that bond and it makes that relationship, I think that much easier to have with the client. And then, you know, you got to maintain it and, and it, it can get hard. Um, now, do you have to go visit these clients monthly? That, that's just unrealistic for us on a national level, like for me to go to all our clients. But in some of those other markets like Atlanta, I mean, yeah, like they are seeing their clients more frequently. Same in South Florida. They're having that frequent interaction. So we have different tiers of levels of service where, where it, it kind of depends where clients you know, come on board and do business with us, where they'll get that face-to-face interaction. But okay. even clients who, um, you know, we had a client in New York, or we still have a client in New York, I should say. And I was, you know, we were in New Jersey meeting with one of our other clients. And just because we were within the vicinity, I'm like, it'd be insanely stupid of us not to even try to pop by New York City and go say hello to these guys. So we did, you know, and yeah, yeah, maybe took an extra half day of my time to do that. But I think 
taking that extra initiative to do so just only strengthen that relationship we have with that client in, in New York City. Okay, yeah. So uh, just the, the ongoing value of the, the FaceTime, the, uh, the handshake, being there with those clients, prospective clients face-to-face to, to make that initial connection and keep it strong. Yep. Yeah. A great mentor to mine. He's still a mentor to me. Um, I mean, back when I worked in one of my first jobs, he just always stressed the importance of me of, of shaking hands and kissing babies, you know, getting out there face to face with people. Okay. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what I try to do. And I mean, even in our space, if you look at like the networking, you know, when we go to conferences, like, yes, we all have relationships, but when we all spend face to face time, that's when they, the, the, the bond gets better. You know, it's more impactful. Um, and I, I mean, even like you, I've known you now for a few years, but it's always because I've been able to bump into you, whether it's, you know, social media marketing world or it was new media expo and you get that face to face time. And that's how we feel like we, we know each other a lot more and, and better than just the relationships we'd have via just, you know, tweeting each other. Right. Yep. yep. All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to your team then a little bit because, uh, you know, as you said, you know, scaling up into the mid twenties there, people in different offices, what has, um, what has that been like from, a uh, hiring and teaming perspective to 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 you know maintain people that are uh, not at your physical location then yep so um i mean a couple ways to go about this i mean first of all just from hiring them that that can get kind of hard i mean this is where you definitely leverage the technology um i honestly want to say now i've i've probably done 80 percent of our interviews have been done via like skype you know (laughs) like you're interviewing people virtually yep um, you know, when we first launched to Atlanta, I did fly out and same with new Orleans and I want to actually conduct final face to face interviews before I physically hired someone. Okay. Um, but then all the newer hires, we, we've actually literally hired them through virtual meetings through Skypes. And yep. so it even got to the point cause it's more easier and efficient to do it that way that we would even do that for the locals. When we were hiring for people in San Diego, for example, we didn't have them come into the office and interview. I'd schedule Skype interviews with them. And that's how we would use like the technology to doing that. And, and I thought it was way more efficient, effective. Plus, you know, we're in a space where you need to be kind of savvy when it comes to the technology. Yep. If they can figure it out, you know, yep. how are they doing? Are they going to, are they going to do it on their smartphone and have crappy audio and stuff? Are they multitasking? And it, it's, it's actually kind of fascinating to see like how they respond and, and you know, when you, when you put them on the spot that way. So um, from from a recruiting standpoint, it's pretty much all done digitally. You know, we've we've actually used some great tools um, to to help kind of streamline that funnel. Uh, we put them through some exercises. You know, so we just honestly the resume is important, but it's a really a, a small fraction of what we're looking for to even get to the next step with us. Yes, you have to have the resume, but we'll actually have quizzes and tests and have them do some writing samples and examples for us and. Um, we have some kind of questions that they have to put out there and if they answer them wrong, they'll automatically be kicked out and you know, they'll, I'll never even review them to be honest with you. So we built in those systems to kind of streamline that. We do the, uh, the virtual uh, interviews to basically decide who's going to get onto that next level. And we've actually hired now quite a few people um, that we've never met face to face for that first time. We've now at least all met everybody, you know, at this point, but there's, there's a few people that we hired them without ever meeting them. So that okay. was actually kind of, too so all right and so yeah is that was that your question i guess that, yeah that was that was for the hiring process and now let's take it the next step further so now they're they're in there they're trained what's it like on a weekly basis to maintain uh just, just all the processes the, the staying in touch that's necessary to you know get the work done in various cities and keep scaling that yeah so obviously communication is key uh without a doubt so you got to rely on some tools here 
you know, I'm, I'm going to tip my hat to Bill. Um, and, and I really do believe this, like, you know, the company has grown a lot and, and I brought on a business partner about two years ago and he's, you know, he, he's our CTO, but he does so much more than that. He also, I guess you could say is like a COO of the company. Um, but he, he's brought on a lot of amazing tools and software that we are using and leveraging. And one of the tools that, that he brought on that has been a game changer is Slack. Now, I had obviously I think a lot a lot of people have heard about Slack now, but we've been using Slack now for what seems to be almost two or three years. Okay, um, and so it's it's just if you're not familiar with Slack, it's a communications tool. It literally replaces email within the workplace. Yes, we still use email to communicate to our clients, but all internal communication with employees uh, with anybody is done through Slack. So it one you can still do the private message component of it. But two, you can create channels. So we have channels um, for various aspects of communication that are necessary for our industry. So, you know, whether it's client stuff, whether it's individual projects, um, and it just makes it so much easier because then you're not having to go sift through emails or just get bombarded with emails. We, we get enough emails as it is, right? Yeah, we do. The last thing you need to do is have a bunch of emails going back and forth with staff members. So um, it's, it's just a phenomenal tool that's definitely helped with the communication that's it, it obviously works on your smartphone. It works on your desktop. So, you know, when you have a remote team, it's super easy for anybody to just jump in and ask a question if they need something, you know, perfect example. Obviously we, we write a lot of copy for clients too. And so we have a copywriting channel. So if one of our strategists is writing, you know, updates for a client or trying to work on something, but they just want a second set of eyeballs, they literally could just take a screenshot of it or even just copy and paste it, throw it in the copywriting channel. And they're going to have instantly, you know, if somebody has some time, they could get up to, you know, 10 or 12 people could provide them feedback right then and there on that. Imagine trying to do that in an email. It'd be ridiculous, you know? So that's, that's a great tool that we've been using to, to keep that communications open. Um, the next thing, it's not really a tool, but it's just important, obviously, with a remote team, with a remote team is just consistency. And I'm not going to say that we're perfect at this because obviously when you're a small team, it, it just gets hard. But, you know, you got to have you got to make sure you have time. You know, for, for me, it's having time one on ones, you know, with my staff, with my remote team and doing my best to not ever cancel those. Now, sometimes, I, you know, things happen. I get it. You have to postpone it or, or cancel it. And I was really bad at this at first. Um, this is something I've learned. I would just, I would always take priority over the one-on-ones. Like if a new business call happened and they're like, Hey, can you meet this, this Monday at two o'clock? And if I had a one-on-one scheduled, I, in my mind, I'm like, Oh, well, new business is much more important than that. And I've totally changed my thinking on that in the last year because, you know, managing my team is priority number one, because that's an extension of us. And so to me now, something really important has to happen for me to have to move that one-on-one and having that consistency, taking the time to continuously develop and train those, those employees is key. And, and, you know, if, if you don't do that, that's where, you know, that's where things can kind of fall through the cracks. So maintaining that consistency to do that, that's really important to me. And then of course the, the tools to do it again, I'm big on the face to face things. We used to use, um, you know, we used to use Skype. Um, this is a newer tool that Bill entered. This is why I love Bill. Bill always finds new tools, right? Yeah. So um, this one we actually used recently, like for team calls, because so we used to use Skype and GoToMeeting, and our subscription with GoToMeeting I think capped us at like maybe eight people, right? So we physically couldn't have everybody on a group video call, and we did find a a new tool out there. I'm going to plug. It's called. Zoom, it's Z-O-O-M dot U-S. Really cool tool. Uh, it also does a screen sharing, but does video conferencing for, I want to say, up to 25 people. 
and the quality is amazing. Um, I was doing one earlier today uh, with one of our staff members um, just doing some training. I could easily jump back and forth between the video uh, of myself and having that face-to-face interaction or jumping and showing my screen to show her how to do things. So that's a cool tool. And, and that's really essential too, is you got to make sure you have your time and you got to have proper technology to, you know, to, to facilitate that training. Okay. Excellent. Now uh, let's go back to, you know, uh, you mentioned one-on-ones and then there's group meetings. Is there any uh, regularity frequency to these type of things? So one-on-ones, are you trying to do, uh, and, and, and again, are, are you doing them for the, the team or is there any type of uh, sub-management going on there that happens? How's that work? So we do, so the one-on-ones I have, like Bill and I split them up, you know, cause he, I, I kind of try to do more of the strategist. He does, you know, more, more of the support team. Um, that's something that's the next hire for our company is probably, you know, a mid-level manager to help out with this. So we, it's just getting to the point where it's a lot. And so, um, but when I have a one-on-one, I try to structure it where, you know, first of all, I'll let them, that's where they can ask me any questions, any problems they're having, you know, are they struggling on something with a client, for example, do they want to brainstorm some cool ideas? You know, I open it up to them. Then the next part of that one-on-one, and I try to keep my one-on-ones about 30 minutes. The next part is where I will kind of give them some feedback, some observations. It could be some big top level, you know, industry news that I think they should know. A lot of what I do is a lot of tinkering. You know, I'm out there playing with new new apps when uh, when new platforms make changes. I, I'm the one messing around with that. And I'm the one thinking like, how can we leverage this for our clients? That's where I'll relay that information to them. And then like we usually kind of conclude with just like action items. Okay, what's the next steps? Who, what do you need to do? What do I need to do? So that's how we've been structuring the one-on-ones and it seems to be working for the team calls. You know, um, gosh, I should get back to this too. This is something I don't want to forget. We used to do a bunch of team calls. As we scaled, it got hard to try to get, you know, 20 some people all, especially when you're spread out across three different time zones. Yeah, yeah. To get them, and finally we just realized, and then they were getting canceled. And a lot of them were getting canceled because of me, because I was traveling. So finally we just decided, we knew it was so critical, so important for the team to have these, that I just said, we got to pick a time, goes back to the rule being consistent. We're going to have it. And our new time now is like Fridays at 9 a.m., I think, or something like that. 9.30, actually. And we do them bi-weekly now. So we don't have them every single week because we won't be in meeting hell either. Bi-weekly. And the rule is like, we're having them no matter what. And even if I'm traveling and if I can't be there, well, then Bill's going to lead it, for example. And if Bill and I are both traveling and none of, none of us are going to be there, somebody from our team is going to step up and lead it. And we just got to have these team calls and everybody, that's where we'll go over, you know, big picture stuff, new initiatives, new clients we're working on, any changes, whatever might be happening. And, and that's the new structure we're going with at our organization. Now, I'll be honest with you. The reason we knew we had to get back to these, and this is another great tool that was introduced to us. Um, and I highly recommend this for any organization. I don't care how big you are, how small you are. Um, it's this tool called tiny pulse. It's T I N Y P U L S E. Mike, have you heard of this tool? No, I haven't. So this thing's awesome. This is another thing. So each week we send out a tiny pulse survey to our, to our staff and it has just one question. That's it. It's a one survey question. And Bill picks a new question each week and they have some pre-canned ones and then they have some other ones. And um, I'm actually going to go ahead and, and give you a little inside glimpse here. I'm going to try to multitask you really quick. I'm going to quick search for the one that, that happened this week. And, and when you send it out, is that going in Slack or via email or what? It goes via email. So it's a service. Okay. So um, so it goes out. So here it gets, it gets sent out. I'm reading this right now. It says your new Tiny Pulse question is here. So it says respond now. So people go on there. 
And this week's question is what drives you crazy here and decreases your productivity, right? So each week we have just a one single question that goes out to our entire staff and they respond to it. And as the owner of the company, Bill and I get these and it's all anonymous. So we have no idea who's saying what, which is fantastic. And this basically gives us a pulse. What's the pulse of our company? Are they happy? Are they frustrated? Are they overworked? And uh, it's awesome. And, and Bree, actually, she's a staff member of ours. She's on this blab here right now. She just said they do have the, the, um, uh, an iPhone app too, which is great. So they can respond to these anywhere. So this is one aspect of it. And you know, we've asked questions, everything from like, are you getting enough you know, support from your, from your manager you know, to you know, are you getting enough out of team meetings or you know, overall, we, we just ask tons of different questions. And each week, we're getting kind of like an overall feeling or the pulse of our company, which has been absolutely amazing. Okay. Uh, for us to recognize if there's a potential problem or, or, Hey, are we expecting too much? Or maybe somebody's not getting enough support and we've been able to fix things. So that's, that's essential with a, with a, a, a team remotely, especially because, you know, I don't get to see the people in Atlanta on a day-to-day basis. I don't know yeah. if they're frustrated or feeling overworked. So that's been great. And one of the things that we got out of that, um, from a survey like three weeks ago was the fact that we, we weren't doing enough team meetings. Like we used to, we used to always do them. And that's why we said, we got to get back to having these team meetings. That's why we made the decision to go ahead and do them each and every, you know, or, or biweekly. And no matter what, if someone's there, someone's not there, we're having them. So it just, it got to the point where we realized with a staff of 20 some people that it's virtually impossible every single week where everybody's going to be there. Right. So we have to, right. Um, so that being said, you know, and this all ties together, you know, that new tool that I told you also about the Zoom, what's cool when we do these team meetings now and they're recorded via video, um, we also can, or we're doing it on via video chat, I should say, Zoom. It's kind of funny because it's similar to Blab, to be honest with you, except you can have up to 25 people and it's HD and it's private. Um, but we can also record them too. So now we can record those team meetings. So if somebody was out of town go. or on yeah. video, you can go back, they can listen to it. Um, see whatever key initiative that, that we're talking about, top level stuff from the company. So it's pretty cool. And if you really think about it, that technology is way more efficient than almost what your team meeting would be if you had a big office. I mean, back when I worked at Clear Channel, we'd all go to some big old conference room and we would sit there. Nobody's going to record that. You know, everybody's kind of distracted too. And uh, if somebody was on PTO, they're not going to have the ability to go back and watch that that staff meeting. So um, I think the technology can actually make you guys more efficient or make businesses more efficient. So um, yeah, tiny pulse. The, the one thing too, I want to go back on tiny pulse too, that I think is so critical is the ability to give feedback, not just the feedback to Bill and I, but within our staff. So they have this thing called send cheers. So any employee can send cheers to any other employee and they can do it publicly or they can do it anonymously. And so it's great because, you know, one of the things is a lot of companies and organizations when we do good things, we don't always get enough praise for it, right? And people don't recognize it. And sometimes the staff is doing great things with each other, but the rest of the staff doesn't know it. And that has been one of the best things. Like who doesn't like to get a pat on the back, right? Who doesn't like to get a high five and being told that they did a great job? Um, and so, you know, they each, and then, and then every week it'll send out a summary of all the cheers. And even if somebody did something anonymously, everybody else will still see that that person got cheers. We just don't know who sent it, but it's great to read the comments, the feedback, what people are giving them, you know, props for or high fives for, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a really cool tool. Okay. All right. No, that's definitely one I'm going to have to check out there and uh, find out a little bit more about it here. So, you know, we've talked about, you know, the uh, one, one thing that has struck me through this conversation, even as you talked about reaching out to uh, new clients and, and, then you talked about hiring, and then you talked about uh, keeping in touch with your staff. 
it all comes back to we're talking about business building in the digital age, and you've continued to bring it back to the personal connections that are so important. You know, setting that meeting time, just as you did with your staff, having that consistent one, finding ways through Tiny Pulse where there is, uh, you know, some type of communication, and um, uh, but but you haven't gotten rid of. You're using the the you know video scaling technology so you can see each other face to face virtually to to maintain that connection so that uh, it just struck me how it, it, it just come around we're just doing it in a different way but you're you're building your business digitally uh but with the same principles people yeah connecting to people. and i think and i think that's so critical especially if you're doing a service type of business if it's a service-based business whether it's b2b or even b2c um, you know, people are, are, they, they like that personal connection. You know, if I was selling a product, it'd be a little different for yeah. sure. Um, but with the client side, at least with my staff, it'd probably be the similar way, but when yeah. it comes to a service and you're having clients who are, are, you know, bringing you on, you know, with us, I, I've, I always tell them, I hate the word vendor. I don't like them to refer to us as a vendor. Um, they, they look to us as part of their team. Like our team is their team. We're just the social media team. We, you know, when they, companies out there who might go bring on, um, you know, a consultant, they might bring on one person who's going to help them maybe with like managing their social media. Well, with casual Fridays, when they bring us on to help them out with, with social media, they're getting a team of people, whether it's like the strategists and the coordinators helping them with overall strategy and create content creation, or the community management team is literally like responding to people. If someone's, you know, goes on a Twitter storm and starts blasting one of our clients at 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday night, we have people there to respond to that and catch that and escalate that. So you really do get a full team with us. And, um, you know, that being said, so our goal is to have our clients literally view us as part of that team. We got to know as much about that business as possible. And to me, it's so rewarding because like when I do go to Atlanta, for example, and those, that team is spending a lot of time with the clients, uh, you know, for some of those hotels out there, they literally think that our employees work for their company. They don't know that they're, they're, they're a vendor really, which is to me, that's a win. I love that. That's, that's fantastic. Yep. Excellent. All right. Yeah, let's keep going here. If if people have any questions, I want you to begin posting those in the questions area here. And uh, one of my final questions, though, let's I want to shift from uh, you know that type of communication to productivity. How do you kind of uh, manage productivity, you know, from far with with the remote team? Managing my productivity or their productivity? Theirs, or just kind of you know watching over productivity of, of the whole team. Totally. So. I'm going to give you another tool. This is a tool we use. And uh, this thing is called Freckle. And this thing is awesome. So, you know, we can basically go on this. this it's a time tracking app. Okay. And we can, you know, we have basically a, um, anytime they start working on a particular client project, or even if it's an initiative for Casual Fridays, they literally hit a start button and they're working on that. And they can, get, they can give it a tag as well. So if it's like copywriting, they'll just tag it as copywriting. If okay. you know, they're doing like Facebook ads, they'll go ahead and tag it with Facebook ads. And so we always then can get a pulse, like if, like, what are they working on? And, you know, is it, is it smart and efficient? So we have one of our coordinators out there and, you know, her, she has a great skill in doing video editing, right? Video editing is not a core offering that we should be offering our clients. It would be more of an a la carte service, right? Now we're all about doing surprises and delights. We want to surprise and delight our clients when we can too. So once in a blue moon, if they want us to edit a little video for them, absolutely we'll do that, right? Um, but it turns out like some of the clients started wanting these videos weekly. And next thing we knew that this particular person was spending multiple hours a week 
doing, you know, editing videos. And that's not really part of what she's doing. That's obviously backing, getting her backed up in other projects or other tasks that are more of a priority. So it's a cool, cool tool overall just to use. It's called Freckle. Um, that's one way how we're able to, to do that. So when I do conduct my one-on-ones, for example, I'll always pull a Freckle report. You know, how did they spend their time in the last week or two? So and you, that, you're viewing their reports then? Yeah, I can go on. Gotcha. I, any Full transparency. Anybody can view anybody's reports, which okay. is so cool. So it's not, you know, we, and we try to like preach to them to be honest and accurate with it. We're not going to like, I don't want them to fabricate their hours, to try to prove to us that they're working or not. I'll know if they're working because there's, you can just tell by if the work's getting done more or less, yeah. but I can use this tool to know, are they working intelligently? Are they working smart? Are they maybe spending too much time on something that they shouldn't be? Should they be spending more time on something else? That's where that kind of tool comes in and it's great. So, um, yeah, Freckle, F-R-E-C-K-L-E. has a, a desktop version as well as an iPad or a, um, an, a, an app for your phone so you can like start and stop anywhere. It syncs. It's, it's a great tool. Okay. When you said uh, surprise and delight and, and for your clients there, um, it, it made me kind of think through that. Uh, is there some kind of guiding principles that you outline to your team? So, you know, we don't necessarily have a guiding principles, but I mean, it just comes down to, you know, use common sense, you know, obviously you don't want to do anything that's going to totally handicap the business. Yes. We can, you know, for video editing, for example, we could, you know, in theory, like create a division of that and start promoting video work. Right. But that's not a core competency of the company. It's not a core offering, but we have somebody on the team who can do a great job with this. So once in a blue moon, if we want to do that, great. Um, you know, another example is like we, we have a graphic design team. And so, you know, there's been opportunities where we're not opportunities. There's been times where we've created great visuals for social media, for example, and the client's been like, wow, this is fantastic. Could you guys design this in X? And it might be like for something that's not to be used for digital. It's supposed to be done for offline. Okay. Yeah. Perfect example. That's a once in a blue moon, you know, request from them. Let's surprise them to let them. Sure. We can do that for you. Now, if it starts to get to the point where they're like each and every week, they're sending us, you know, new artwork uh, requests for, for things that are done offline. Listen, now we got to talk. That's a little out of scope here. We, that's what we're there for. But, you know, it just comes down to what I always, it's good customer service, right? You know, we've all been at a business, you know, whether you, you check in at a hotel and they upgrade you for free to a suite, that's a cool surprise and delight, right? Now, right. if they upgraded everybody into a suite, they wouldn't be in business. So you got to use your judgment. When, when's the best time to do that? Obviously for clients who are great partners of ours, have been with us for a while, we want to make sure we're doing that. Um, from time to time, but, um, you know, just use your best judgment. That's what I usually tell them. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So, uh, I guess my, my last question here is a, uh, I don't know if it's a question, just the last tip you want to offer to those who are trying to scale a remote team and, and make it grow like you have. Gosh, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll just tell you this, like you're going to make mistakes. You know, I certainly made mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. I, I guess my advice is, you know, don't, don't be afraid of failure though. Like, you know, you're, you're going to make a mistake. So my advice is, you know, just go with it. Like have a plan, um, you know, trust yourself, trust your gut. Um, you know, and, and this is kind of cliche and it's, it's higher. What does it call? It's like higher, higher, fast, fire, no higher, slow, fire, fast. Yeah. Or like that. You know, we, we did that too. I mean, we definitely didn't just rush out and hire people, um, before we knew we could support them. You know, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you're, you're taking your time, find the appropriate people, um, vetting them. Cause you know, you're, you're only as good as your weakest link, you know? And that was something where I made mistakes on too, is, you know, I, I would sometimes assume that, um, that people would think the same way I did, 
you know, one of the other things that we did more recently, and it's been huge is, uh, you know, when I started this business and when you start out as a team of one, you kind of, you know, you have a certain values that are in your head, right? And as you grow, I kind of assumed, oh, well, everybody will just know what those values are, which is stupid. I don't know why I thought that. Um, you know, I thought maybe they just observe it from me and be able to pick it up. And that's not the case. Like you got to train your staff and especially if it's a remote team and if they came from maybe another organization or another company, well, now they might be injecting the values that that company had. And some of those values may be terrible. And so you, you want to make sure that you provide that, that training to them. So we did this at our company and our organization, we did a full values like workshop for all of our staff. We've actually recorded it now so any new employee can watch these videos so they know what the core beliefs are of our company, how we should act, how we should behave in situations. And to me, that that I would say that's my biggest takeaway is, you know, if you're starting your business, document that stuff first and foremost and have a good proper program. So if you are building this team remotely and they're not going to be able to see you day to day and have yep. frequent communication, they at least have a good idea of what you stand for. This is the Casual Friday's way. Exactly. It's the casual Friday's way, what our mission is and what our values are. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Hey, well, uh, that's going to kind of wrap up our time here. Any final questions anybody has out there, put them in there now. And uh, if not, I want to thank you, Tyler, for telling us your story. Tell us about Casual Fridays. Congrats on the uh, you know success and, and where you've been, where you're going. And, uh, oh, uh, we've had some people join us late. So, what is that date again that we're supposed to save? You said that at the beginning, San Francisco, oh, save yes. the date. It's October 17th, it's a Saturday. If you can get to San Francisco and you like Blab, I'm just going to leave it right now at that. If you like Blab, if you're a huge Blab guy and, uh, and you like going to San Francisco, <laughs> we're working on finalizing something here for October 17th. I think that's it. Is that a Saturday? I don't have a calendar in front of me. Anybody in the comments? Um, yes, that is. Okay, thanks, Bree. Uh, that if you like, if you like blab, you like San Francisco, you want to, you want to mark that date or save that date in your calendar. So, okay. All right. So I got a couple questions did pop in there. So from Jessica out there, she wants to know when do you decide to hire a business manager? So actually, I don't know if we, um, so we don't, we don't have a full, we don't have a business manager. Specific so business, we, yeah. yeah. That's, I said that might be one of our next, um, hires would be a business manager. Okay. So. And that's just it. because uh, you're getting spread thin as the, the team grows. There's only so many people you can connect with. Yeah, I mean, you know, so, uh, um, you know, we did, we've, we've hired some consultants along the way. Um, so, you know, we actually brought in somebody to help. Perfect examples like our, our, our values, right? You know, Bill and I obviously did a lot of research and homework on how we could do this. But for him and I to actually go through these exercises and try to, like, create our missions and value statement and put it in an actual format that would be great for new hires to get, it would have probably taken us like a month <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, and it, it would have probably one of those things we kept pushing off because there was always going to be something in, in our eyes that would be maybe more of a priority, whether it's a client issue or a staff issue or something. And so we hired um, a outside consultant who came in and helped us with that and streamline that. And that was huge. So you, know, you don't have to necessarily always hire full-time employees you can hire some of these outside consultants who really specialize in things, especially if you're a smaller team that can help you. And we did the same thing too with, I guess you could say it's almost like a business manager, but we brought on a business coach and he really got Bill and I focused again on what the most important things are. You know, and, and, and part of the reason I went back to the one-on-ones was by this guy. I was the one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just tell the story that, that he told me to the audience out there because I think it's a great story. Um, 
He's like, what do you struggle with? And I said, well, I struggle sometimes with keeping my one-on-ones because, you know, like a new business call might happen or clients asking for something, or we, we got a new client and we just, we scheduled the discovery kickoff call on that day. And I'm going to be flying on an airplane now. And he's like, Tyler, I'm going to tell you something. He's like, you know, yesterday, um, I pulled out my iPhone and I turned, I, I asked Siri if she could do something. And her response was that she was not capable of that. And he's like, so Tyler, I'm going to ask you, are you telling me that you're not capable of keeping your one-on-ones? And it was almost like a punch in the gut. And I'm like, well, of course I'm, I'm capable of it. And he's like, well, then you just got to do it. And so that, you know, sometimes you got to just rely on those outside people to kind of get you back on the tracks. Right. And that's, that's how I did it. Um, so we don't have a business manager, but we, we've leveraged different consultants who've helped us out with those things. Um, going back to what you were saying, Mike, cause yeah, like as we grow, you know, I don't have the ability to do everything anymore. I, I'm not, I, I'm not Superman. I can't do everything for everybody. I have to entrust in my, you know, my staff to do certain things, but the next level would probably be to have somebody help, you know, manage the staff as it continues to grow. Okay. All right. Uh, final question there from James and, and he's asking if the culture core values is something that's uh, publicly available for others to see, or is that just internal for your team? It's not currently, but that's something we're working on. We're actually going through a whole kind of like, not a big rebranding, but a minor one. Some of you guys may have noticed a couple changes on the logo and, and all that. Um, we're working on kind of documenting all that, but we will be pu- publishing all that here in the in the short term. I'd, I'd say hopefully in the next couple of weeks, but we're working on that to get it all out there for everybody. And we will have like a deck on our values and we have no problem at all um, disclosing what that are or what those are. You know, a company who does have it, if you just go Google it and, and kind of somebody who really helped us a lot with it was Buffer. Buffer's really transparent yeah. in publishing what core values are. It's out there. Um, what cracks me up, have you ever seen theirs, Mike? It's been a while, but I have reviewed them. It, 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 hilarious because all it is, is, anybody who's an Apple user, it's the very basic keynote deck. It's just like a white PowerPoint or the white keynote slide with the same like you know, I don't know what font it is, but that's, that's how Buffer did their entire values deck. It's not something with like creative designs or graphics, just text. But I, I mean, I think it's awesome that they didn't really, you know, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't really want to put too much. I mean, they, they put a lot of probably into the thought process of what their values are, but they didn't put a bunch of time into like having this cool, awesome document, uploading it somewhere. It's just basic. Here it is. And if they make a change, they just say, you know, updated here and here's why we made that update. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we'll, we'll definitely disclose what our, our values and our mission is, um, you know, down the road for sure. All right. Excellent. Hey, thanks Tyler for being with me today here on the live cast, the halftime Mike. All right, Mike, I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, all right. So, you know, folks, it's, it's amazing. I come back and talk about business building the digital age. And what are my two key takeaways? Um, number one, yes, I'm taking away uh, tech and tips and tools that Tyler's using to help, but also what's he doing that with? He's, it's all about connection. So it's all about uh, the communication and the relationships. So it's still about the people. And uh, that's going to be my biggest takeaways here. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.